0: North Otago, it's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all.
1: Welcome back to North Otaga Legends, up-and-comers and a little bit of history.
0: G'day, Gary. G'day, Damien. Yeah. Good to be back here.
1: It's great to be back. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah.
0: We've had some really good interviews so far and, um, you know, getting some really good feedback from the people listening to them and, um, you know, and, and actually hearing from some of the ones we've interviewed and the, their response to hearing themselves, but more importantly, their families actually hearing some things that they, they didn't know about their, their you know. Their parent or uncle, or whatever it might have been.
1: Yeah, I got that feedback. Uh, my father was talking to Kelly's, uh, the chopper pilot, and yep. he said he heard some stories he'd never heard before. Yep. So yeah, no, it's just been an amazing opportunity to let people share their stories and um, uh, keeping a bit
0: of that North Otago history alive. We've got some great people here doing great things. Absolutely. And today's one is um, someone who's, who's done a lot out in the community, and um, it's a real pleasure to have Derek Beveridge here. So uh, welcome, Derek.
2: Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Damien.
0: So, um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to sharing uh, some of the stories that you've got to tell from um, quite a long history in North Otago. So, um, you know, when, when did you arrive in the district? And, yeah. um, where, where were you, were you born, what? first of
1: all? Well, well we you a North start Otago let's, lad? Let's go yeah. back to the start
2: Okay, Where yeah. were you born? In the Highlands. <laughs> no, I was born in Glasgow, oh, just out of Glasgow in Scotland, and uh, came out to New Zealand with her my parents in uh, 1958. Right. So you managed to keep a bit of accent there. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. So first question,
1: are you a Celtic or a Rangers fan? Without a doubt, Rangers. Oh, sure. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All
1: right, that was the end of oh. uh, Derek's podcast. Thanks for coming, Derek.
0: I don't know if Damien yeah. liked no, that yeah. answer. <laughs> no, yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah, so you've been able to keep in touch with um, things back home, you know, over the years. You still have family members back there.
2: I do, but, I mean, the vast majority of the family I don't know. Yeah. And I uh, have been back twice, and uh, it's good to catch up with people. Mm. In fact, it was interesting, the last time I went back with Jenny, my wife, and I went back, and we thought, well, we've got to find some relatives. So in Glasgow, got out the Glasgow phone book, flitted through all the beverages, we'll ring that person. Right. And we rang that person, and we were cousins. didn't know it. There you are. Just a fluke. Yeah. You know? Fantastic. Um, yeah, no, well done. And
1: so where did you move to when you moved to New Zealand?
2: Uh, Auckland. And we came to live in, we lived out at Green Bay in Auckland. And uh, in Auckland in those days at Green Bay, there was nothing. There was paddocks right. and a few houses. Um, mm. So it was good. Went to school in Auckland.
1: Yep. High school as well?
2: No, 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 intermediate school, Wesley Intermediate. Yep. And then um, at the Christmas, that first year where we were here, we came down south on holiday and travelling through Central Otago. Parents liked Wee Town of Ettrick. And that's where we stayed.
0: Right. So, what did <laughs> so, your what, what did your parents do? Uh, what was your Dad's job?
2: Uh, my father worked in those days for the Reed Rubber Company. Yep. Obviously, he couldn't in Ettrick. So, when he left that, he worked in the hydro dam at Roxburgh. Right. And in various jobs around Ettrick. Um, and my mother was a school schoolteacher, Roxburgh High School.
0: So you've 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 gone from Glasgow to fairly rural Auckland at that stage, mm-hmm. but then to very much. Rural, etric. rural, etric. So that would have been a bit of a culture shock for you.
2: Oh, it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was. Um, there was no razzmatazz, no hassle, no mucking about. I mean, everybody that lived in the area was good mates with them all. Uh, plenty of things to do, uh, got jobs and worked. And yep. it was grand. Excellent.
0: So, uh, what what happened from there? So, so was where did you go to high school?
2: In Rockshire District High School. Rock, okay,
0: and um, yeah, so you went. You completed. Schooling through there, I did. Yeah, and then what?
2: And then when I left school, I um, ended up looking for a job. Of course, mm-hmm. and uh, it was much easier in those days to find jobs. So I came down to Dunedin, walked around Dunedin, and the same day I had three good jobs. That I picked the one I wanted, and eventually picked one in Oamaru, and uh, that was working for Perpetual Trustees, Estate and Agency Company, as it was in those days. So I came up here and worked. Right and uh, with the thought of being a, a trustee or an executor for estates and what have you, mm. and then ended up being transferred to Invercargill. That's where, with the company, so that was good. Right, mm. yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. at some stage you decided to have a bit of a career change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, went off to police college. So.
2: Well, I've always wanted to be in the police. That was my <coughs> ideal because of, when I first got started work, I mean, I was 17, I think. And uh, eventually my mate and myself, went, we went for a three or four-month tour around New Zealand and got odd jobs here and there with in Auckland, particularly again, and then I applied to join the police and uh, joined from Invercargill.
1: Right. Yeah, well, talk us through. So you're probably most well-known in North Otago as a policeman. Um, everyone's either had a dealing with you or seen you, mm. but mainly, like, I, I can remember you as a young lad that you'd, you always, you'd turn up to sports events. We were playing soccer for the first 15, oh, sorry, first 11 of Waitaki Boys. You'd be there, yeah, you'd, you'd turn up and you'd watch a game and, and you you knew every child and you knew their names and that. So you, you're you really well known from your job, but also just your, um, just the amount of time you gave to others or supported others and especially sports. So how did you get, find your way to North Otago after joining the police and what happened there?
2: Uh, well, I spent 15 years in McCargill in and shifted out of there, went to Gore for five years. And it was an appropriate time to move on from Gore. So after 20 years in the police, we shifted to Omroo. Yeah. And then you've. What um, year was that? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, some 36 years ago. <laughs> the actual year eludes me. I actually came up here with the intention of staying for five years and then moving on. And when my five years was up, um, I was offered Wanaka as a posting as the sergeant in charge of the Wanaka area. There wasn't any NCOs there then. So I went home and told Jenny, we're going to Wanaka. And she said, on your own. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so she had settled in, um, obviously, <laughs> made her home here and um, family, you, you had I've got Kids, two that, children. Yeah, you mm-hmm. had them at that stage? Uh, yes, and,
2: yes, yeah. yes. We had our two children yeah. when we came to Amaroop. Right. I've got a son and a daughter. Yes. And uh, it's grand.
0: Yeah. And, um, okay, so you're right. She's, she's told you where you're going to spend the <laughs> your next number of years, and as it's turned out, um, quite, a, quite a few number. Uh, so that's been great. But then you, at some stage you got into... Um, various youth-oriented sort of groups and so
2: on. So you've, you've, you've... Well, I've always been involved in that. I mean, I ran a scout group in in mm-hmm. I ran a scout group in Gore. Yep. Um, the Blue Light Organisation was probably another youth organisation that I was quite really into and mm-hmm. um, encouraged. Um, that started in McArgill when I was there. Uh, we got it moving in Gore when I moved there, and uh, same when we came to Omeroo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was far bigger then than it is now. There were a lot more kids around then too. <laughs> so.
0: There was indeed. Um, and, you know, I was at a uh, celebration um, held by the ATC mm-hmm. locally, the, the squadron here, um, and they were celebrating 35 years of service that you've given to that organisation. So you, that you must have got into that uh, early on when you arrived here. I
2: did. It was quite unintentional then, mm. actually, because I was still running a scout group that time and I was invited along to, because um, I was involved with Firearms Mount Safety Council in those days as well and uh, they wanted some instruction on firearm safety so I went along and did that and they asked me to do something else and you know how time sort of goes on, you ask to do something else and you end up hanging about and there Indeed. it was. <laughs> and you end up running the show in the finish because everybody else takes off.
0: <laughs> so, And I think that's been a sign of what you've done and you know, for the district is that you, you have stuck around. You have been involved. You've, made, you know, you've you've really done a, you're engaged with youth in particular, um, and and on that evening where we were celebrating, um, your your service to ATC, we heard from some of the young people that had been, um, you know, in ATC with you and the effect that you'd had on their lives, and I think that was really touching. Just you know, hearing from, mm. a, from a couple of kids but knowing actually there's a whole lot more that have benefited from you uh, giving your time mm. and um, putting so much energy into it. So, you know, what, what are some of the memories that you've got of, um, of, of Scouts or ATC, you know, going away on camps, whatever it might be?
2: Well, I think of working with any uh, youth group, it doesn't really matter what it is, be it Air Cadets or Scouts or what have you, it's the, um, the young people that make it. It's not the adults in the organisation Same with sports teams. I mean, it's the young people that make the sports team. The the adults are there to actually encourage them to take part. And uh, that really is the best part of anything to do with um, young people. And I enjoy the young, the the, um, ones that I've been involved with. It's great to see them grow up and uh, to actually get somewhere. Of course, now I've got their children in the (laughs) organisation. It just makes you realise how long you've been there in retirement one day will have to happen. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so, no, it's, it's certainly um, no, no one's uh, trying to hurry you into that because you're doing such a good job. You
1: yeah, just thank you. On behalf of North Otago, there have been so many young men and perhaps young ladies you've just straightened out. They've come in under your uh, wing, so to speak, and you've just sort of helped turn them around. You've spoken into their lives. Some are missing father figures and you've just given a bit of discipline or guidance and correction why, like, when you were young, did, did you have those opportunities? So why are you so passionate about what you're doing now and why do you keep <coughs> serving, serving the community and, and investing your time?
2: Well, I think that's one of the reasons that one actually joins the police. As an organisation, you have the ability to be able to do that. You have the ability to be involved in things and probably the ability at times to make things sort of happen. Where um, In other occupations, you maybe haven't got that same, same ability to do that. I mean, I've always been involved, um, I, I joined the scouts as a boy in Scotland and um, wasn't long in Invercargill before I was conned into running a scout group <laughs> and um, so it just sort of went on from there yeah. and uh, really in a smaller town you do get to know a lot of people, Yeah, you get to know the ones that are off the rails, shall we say, and um, if there's something you can do about it, well, why not try, you know?
1: And that attitude we like, like Sally and Donnelly was saying. Look, if you can help someone, why not? And you're good to the town. That was good to you. And I think you've come into Omaramu and North Otago and you've been very good for our district. And it's probably been given back to you as well. You're like, oh,
2: very much so. I mean, my my life has been great. Uh, um, I mean, I I wouldn't um, turn the clock back at all. If I was starting out again, no, I would still do. So you
1: wouldn't have head to Wanaka. Headed to Wanaka.
2: Oh, financially, probably been much better off going to Watergate. <laughs> but no, quite happy in Omeroo. Yeah. And uh, probably will end up in Perth Street with everybody else. <laughs> so,
0: uh, well, I won't say very good. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> no. So you, no, it's, it's, it's been appreciated, that's yeah. for
1: sure. and as we were saying before, you're well known for being a police officer. So... Can we just dive into that a wee bit? Like, do you remember some of the characters you work with? Are there any, you know, because back in the day, things were a wee bit um, looser, sort of thing. I know um, I had an older brother once who, um, yeah, the police, uh, how would you say it? They um, used a phone book. Am <laughs> I allowed to say that on here? Took, and Dad went, he went home to Dad and you. complained. Dad said, well, what do you do? And he said, oh, I called the police officer this and this, and Dad said, oh, you deserved it, and nothing more was said about it. I don't know if I should say that, but things have changed in the policing. But are you got any funny stories or any characters you work with? Or
2: Well, I, I think everybody that works in the police is a character in yeah. their own right in different different fields. Mm. I mean, you've mentioned your older brother. Mm. I do remember your older brother <laughs> <laughs> um, way back in history, you yeah. know. But certainly, I mean, how things were looked at and dealt with um, then were probably yeah. vastly different than they are today. The world wasn't so so PC. Um, the police authority was accepted in most of situations. Same as teachers' authorities were accepted, that's all faded a little bit. And, I mean, if somebody was in trouble up the town, you took them home, Dad would yeah. sort out yeah. the son as well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So there, there wasn't the same issues. Yeah. But, I mean, you could deal with things as well without initially going through the law. Yeah, and everything, and still can to an extent, but probably a, a little bit harder.
1: You know? And there's probably been a lot of people there. You, you know, you gave them a good growl, and you know, uh, kick up the bum to get home, and that was enough to wake them up and go, "Man, I was a bit silly oh, last night."
2: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at silly little small things, I mean, the most obvious things the law had been broken is somebody riding bike without a hat. I mean, it's painfully obvious to everybody. And I stopped a young fellow one day. Oh, why are you not wearing your bike hat? And he said, "Yes, I am." Put his hands on his head and he said, "No, I'm not." <laughs> <laughs> and what had happened is he'd just ducked home, taken his hat off, yeah. and ducked back out again, and still thought he would his hat on. I thought, "Well done, young fella! Yeah. <laughs> off you go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, they're silly little stories. Mm. Uh, there's a a, wee, a young fella who's still in town. He's not so young fella now, but um, he was he had a wee scooter. Yeah, and he was doing wheelies on it. Um, <laughs> down the skate park. I had words with him. And we had to sort out there. And um, his penalty was didn't have to go to court. No tickets and that sort of thing. Um, He had to park his bike up and bike, the push bike out again and bike to school for the next two weeks and tell all his mates why he couldn't bring his scooter to school. Yeah. Had the desire to... I see him regularly now and he's never put a foot roll since, <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah, no, like you say, I think thing, things have got more PC mm-hmm. because I think, obviously, there's been situations where those sorts of things have been abused. Um, but, you, you know, you've given an example, actually, where you've kept some um, kid out of the out of court system. Actually, you know, he, he's learned a lesson. It's, there's no, um, you know, there's, there's no sense of physical violence or anything like that or abuse, um, but, you know, it's, it's helped... Actually, put a young person, you know, a bit more on the straight and narrow. So, yeah, I think those. Yeah, it's a shame that we've lost some of that more moderate, um, you know, tempering of behaviour.
2: That doesn't mean to say, of course, that there hasn't uh, You have to go the other way in mm-hmm. many situations as well. Because I mean, we see in society nowadays violence has become the, the big thing. Alcohol fueled a lot of it, or drug fueled. Mm-hmm. And um, there's always been alcohol issues, but the drug issues have really come to the fore shall we say now more to it and um, that is causing great concern i would think to society and you're
1: saying that in north of Targa does Targa as well not just a big city problem it's a small town
2: problem it's and- a new zealand wide problem yeah. Yeah. And probably will remain that way you know what's the answer well i'm not quite sure it's um i mean there's the, the, the still the the alcohol side of things i mean you're still the the big boy if you've actually got pissed and um you know, middle a dick of yourself, and uh, yeah. whereas um, if that swung round the other way and you're just a dick, yeah. that would be hunky-dory, <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: Like we did with smoking, we actually made smoking uncool, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know how we did it in New Zealand, but now actually vaping's become cool, mm-hmm. but for a while there's smoking, you just weren't cool, weren't cool, weren't cool. Mm-hmm. So we need to make that culture where, yeah, yeah, getting drunk every Saturday night yeah. is just – it's not cool. It's not. Al- alcohol and drugs are mm. completely uncool. Yeah. And,
2: it's, uh, and of course, then legalising some things doesn't obviously help in some cases, but then mm. it does become an issue for health for some mm. of them. Yeah. So It's got to be looked at. I was actually listening to um, the principal of uh, Auckland Grammar School on news this morning and talking about vaping. Yeah. And I thought, well, we'll say it, you know, because he was deeply concerned about that now and there's so many young people involved.
1: Yeah. He has a lot of, a lot of young people involved, mm-hmm. and it seems to be the thing to do. But they just don't know the long-term effects, I guess. Is that what he was saying? And Basically. Yeah. So going, you know,
0: talk, talking about policing, your experience and so on, the, the people you've worked with, um, you know, we, again, just going back to the ATC celebration, um, we had um, Leo Wilkinson there, who's obviously got some really good talents and so on, mm-hmm. and um, he, he's a – comes across as just a genuinely um, passionate about his job, about looking after community. So, there's you know, who are other people like that that you've worked with that have uh, you know been you know, so very invested in their job and wanting to do really good things.
2: Well, it's hard to sort of name people as one after the other because different people have different strengths and, mm. and weaknesses in dealing with things. And I'd like to think that in a small town, that the vast majority of the police have been community orientated. Crime fighters at the same time, but community orientated and wanting to see the leaving the town in a better position than what it was at the start. And I think that's what most young people join the police for even today is to actually be able to work with their communities and uh, make things happen. Um, Omaru said it's uh, very good people and uh, sometimes not so good, Uh, but that sorts itself out. And there's a real
0: you know, camaraderie, isn't it, in the police because you, you, know, you have to face things together that are pretty tough at times, pretty confronting, and um, so you know the reliance
2: on each other is pretty strong. Oh, very much so. I mean, it, it's you can't really call it a brotherhood nowadays, but it's you know um, it, it, the police are a very close knit body, and probably more close knit in the past than maybe than they are today and uh, it was, sh- shall we say, really all for one and one for all. Mm. And uh, you covered each other's backs and you looked after each other and uh, when things were going wrong um, everybody would step in to, to help each other out. You know, had its issues back in time as well and um, it was really clean up time for the town and that, that happened. So. Mm.
0: So. Um You know, we had some some pretty good uh, senior sergeants and so on along the way. So any of those that spring to mind?
2: Well, I mean, there's still... uh, Max Moore still lives in Omeroo. He does. And uh, he's uh, he's, uh, well known in the community for... um, And uh, if we're looking, Alistair Alistair was a great senior sergeant as well. And uh, Wayne Stringer, who passed away just two or three weeks ago and uh, a few weeks ago, and... uh, he was another real identity of the town at the time, and an identity afterwards. So, I mean, people have all left their marks, and yeah. it's um, which has been grand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you because Max come from Vancouver, so did you know him from down there? I and, did.
2: Yeah. Uh, I came up shortly after Max arrived yeah. in in, in and It was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good, and yeah, it's good. You're well known for being a police officer and um, being fair, but not taking nonsense. And I guess that's what people like about you and i guess that's why um yeah you're on the podcast today and all the work you did now i have a wee story a wee rumor about one time um i don't know if i should say it or not but one time you're walking the halls of wataki boys i don't know what you were doing out there you must have been a man on a mission and you heard a young gentleman um telling his teacher in some colorful language what he thought of the teacher and the, the way the rumor goes you waited outside until this young gentleman was um, told to leave the classroom and that you possibly um, gently and kindly had some very, very firm words with him and told him um, that he was out of line and he
2: shouldn't do that. So is that rumour true or my way off the mark? It is a it is a, a true rumour to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly was out that um, the boys' high. I wasn't actually working that day. I was out there for another reason. Yeah. And in the corridor I did hear a young man, telling his teacher in absolutely no uncertain terms yeah. what he thought of him. And eventually he came, stormed out of the classroom with him. Um, I can't remember how the discipline system worked, It was a card system or other. Yeah. He used to go wherever it was Preferred. he had to go. And um, I was just standing down the corridor and he, the look on his face when he saw me standing there because he knew who I was. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just fingered him, come over and gave him all it reminded him in the that's where he actually stood in the status quo for things, yeah. and he was absolutely shameful. Of that. So I do believe that was his first and last major problem at school. Mm.
1: Well
0: done. Uh, yeah, um, I think uh, that's the challenge, isn't it, setting boundaries, and, and you know,
2: and teenagers need boundaries.
0: You obviously showed him <laughs> a pretty strong boundary there.
2: I mean, there's other issues. When you're looking at what is now, the, the government is really looking closely at truancy, mm. and um, that always disappoints me that, that many young people actually... Skip school, and it looks as though there's about 30% irregularly don't turn up, which is shocking. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you're looking back in history, I mean, that was dealt with fairly firmly back then. And, I mean, if uh, somebody was late for school, you get teacher sorted you. If you were um, bunking, ditching, I think it's called nowadays, that was the uh, way the police also used to do that. It's, um, somebody would ring the police station and say that um, little Johnny won't get out of bed and go to school. Youth Aid Officer and myself would probably go out to their house and uh, and uh, speak to them, and uh, they'd still be in bed. You'd give them a set of time to be out and dressed in their uniforms, they're going to school, and they'd probably tell you to where to go. And they, you'll give them the options, you know. If you're going to school this morning, whether you like it or not, either in your uniform or however you happen to be dressed now. If you're in bed in the nick, that's your problem, <laughs> so, um, you know. Nobody called her bluff, yeah. and it was good. And the odd one would tell, you know, I'm not going to stay there, I'm going to take off. It's all right, I'm putting a police officer to sit with you and embarrass you for the day. And, uh, and so you would, so police officer. It would have happened. Yeah. It didn't and have it to didn't, happen. Uh, no. no. Yeah. But, I mean, that was um, young people just, they were more aligned as well to authority at the same time. Mm. I could well imagine how some of them would react today.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I think that's where parental responsibility comes in and, Unfortunately, too many parents will, you know, will tell the police, you leave my little Johnny alone. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's that's part of the problem is parents taking responsibility or not. I think you hit the nail on the head
2: quite a lot there, is that, um But, I mean, let's be quite honest. Most young people are great. Yep. Model citizens, yes. yep. um, the percentage that are causing issues, I think, is getting larger mm-hmm. than, um, than what it used to be. But... Um, Parental responsibility comes into it. Most parents are, are great with their mm-hmm. kids, and but the ones that aren't are, um, are not willing to. And it's everybody's fault, bar theirs. So, yeah. so um, you
0: know, you've, we've given given one way anecdote of um, experience at Waitaki Boys, but, you know, when, you, when you've got, um, when you're working with young people and so on, I mean, what's, you know, have you got any stories that you can tell us around, um, you know, Saturday nights out and, um, you know, patrolling and so mm-hmm. forth and c- coming across young ones who may have just been playing up a bit, you know, how do you deal with them?
2: Well, I mean, uh, regularly. I mean, uh, you used to have uh, young ones that were off their faces, shall we say, creating mayhem mm-hmm. around the town. Uh, if necessary, they would go back to the police station and into the, into the cells And if not, you'd take them home and hope that something would happen. I mean, uh, part of my duties in the police when I was here was um, I ran the police diversion scheme in those days. And uh, I remember one young man who used to be quite often it would happen urinating in the shop doorways. And uh, because in those days we had the nightclub and there was a lot of intoxicated people around the town. And uh, he came through to myself to be dealt with through the diversion scheme and we did with it. what he had to do was to, for I think it was four weekends on Saturday nights from midnight till a certain time in the morning, I can't remember the time, he had to go around and scrub the doorways of shops up the main street. Brilliant. And uh, his mates driving past knew why he was doing it. Um, he didn't do it again,
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> a, could you do that nowadays? Probably
2: not. Uh, oh. It could be suggested, but yeah. I, I don't know whether that would be acceptable. I mean the same if um somebody peed in the street, it's not uncommon uh, particularly um was to say take your shirt off and wipe it up. Yeah. You know,
0: that
2: had the desired effect. It would. It <laughs> you <know>. would. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's that's those days are gone.
1: <laughs> but you've probably seen everything. You've seen every trick people trying to get away from you, or you know you, you must know all the back streets, of Domaru, and where people go and park, and
2: you probably know a lot about this town. Oh, one does. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. I know a lot about a lot of people, which you can't repeat. <laughs> and um, who would they prefer that they didn't know about it, you know? But certainly, if you're looking, say, with um, the, the park-up areas, I mean, 30 years ago, young people, boys and girls, parked up in certain places around the town to, to drink and uh, to carry out their own nefarious activities. Well, of course, they don't have to now. They've all got flats. Yeah. So you don't have that sort of... Young men with their fast cars have got to try. Everyone knows they're going to try it out. Why some of them wanted to do it in the main street was always off, you know, a bit off-putting. So I mean, if they could get out of town and do something, that was entirely up to yeah. up to them. They were out the road, but certainly violence in the main street with the young people was quite endemic um, years ago. Uh, street violence was high, and uh, we had to have a reasonable sort of operation one time to to tidy that up. And the inquiry went on for some weeks and weeks and weeks. And um, probably wouldn't happen anywhere else, but we ended up, I think, charging about 30 people with various unlawful assemblies and assaults and bashings and what have you. Mm -hmm. And uh, from memory, every offender was sent a letter, telling them that they were going to be arrested and charged with this. And to report at the police station at a set time for the proceedings to take place, and every one of them turned up. That's all right. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, certainly give them a, a shot across the bow. <laughs> yeah.
2: There was a
1: rumour going round when I was at Boys High that you used to have photos on a board at the police station of the most wanted or the biggest troublemakers. And um, I remember there was a few parties, the kids... To and the police, there was rumours the police were taking photos and people wanted to know if their photos were ever on the board. That Just the fear of your photo being on a board, is that true? Did you used to have a photo board and a few of the serious offenders? Oh, I don't know who right. started that one.
2: There was no photo boards per se and people didn't get their photographs taken at parties. Yeah. or what have you. Um, there Great was photographs about. around of the, 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 shall we say, the wanted criminals, Yeah. which is not quite the same thing, <laughs> no. yeah. you know. But I think
1: well, it might have been Tony Moore started that. His dad was senior sergeant at the time, so maybe he just started that rumour to scare us all. He would do. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I remember Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the times in the police, uh, probably the ones that you think really sort of stick in your memory, is that when you're involved in police operations for things, It's um, I mean, many times I've been involved with visits to New Zealand by um, royalty. And uh, what have you, and, mm-hmm. and uh, heads of state. And uh, they, were, they, were, they were good times. And um, it was always good to sort of see how the other people lived. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was with the, the Queen on more than one occasion. And uh, if you're looking Princess Diana, nice. Prince Charles, and Queen Mother, Duke mm-hmm. of Edinburgh several yeah. times, and um, Shah of Iran. <laughs> right. Back in history, you know, yeah. these fellas. King so, Thailand.
0: So, as a Scot, how did you feel about some of the
2: royalty? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, no, I I'm, I think it's fine. Quite all right. Okay. Quite all right. <laughs> how <laughs> so, close did you get? Were you just on duty, or were you on very... duty? Yeah, I mean, um, with the um, Lee Kuan Yew, the Prime Minister of was of of Singapore, I was sort of in charge of his detail this area up here, and I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it would be, and. Um, it just but it's you did get different quite, from a Saturday night number uh, you, you did get quite
0: close
1: to me. you haven't been in any speeding motorcades for <laughs>
2: prime ministers or anything like that there wasn't been in motorcades but not excessively speeding ones <laughs>
1: uh, um, <laughs> uh, define excessively yes. yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you always had to get to where you meant to be <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know same <laughs> with the likes of Commonwealth games I've, I've been to them for the police by Tangi and um you don't get that opportunity mm. with, with a lot of occupations.
1: Sometimes uh, I know some of the police get to go overseas as well. So, mm. have you done the Commonwealth Games overseas or have no. you uh, done prisoners, taking prisoners back to their country or anything like that? No, you've no. stayed away from that.
2: Done a lot of prisoner escorts in New Zealand. Mm. Yeah. Which things have changed vastly from then because mm. we used to do it from Invercargill and I have to take them to Te Awamutu. Oh, right. A long way. Where the, um, there was the, um, the, the, pri- the young people's prison there. And, I mean, that was virtually a six-day trip. Yeah. You left Invercargo by train, Mm -hmm. went to to Littleton, got on the ferry, took the prisoner with you, left him in the Wellington police station for the day, picked him up that night and got the night train to Auckland. Right. Dropped him off at Tiawamoto on the way through.
0: You're not handcuffed to them all the time or anything (sighs) like that, you know. (laughs) Well, most of them
2: are young fellas. I mean, they'd never been away from home before.
0: Yeah. Um, You'd to outrun them, them, were you? (laughs) Run <laughs> away? <laughs> <laughs> no. All good. Um, so, yeah, you've, you you would have had to face some pretty tough times too in the police. You you know have to deal with the worst of the crimes and and things that happen around the place. So, which is you know, I don't want to need you to go into any detail, mm. but I mean, as a yeah, you know, how, how do you deal with them those sorts of times?
2: Well, I think like uh, most people, you, you you just learn to live with it. and. Um, get on with Get on with life, I mean, particularly when you've um, just attended some horrible um, car crash or somebody's been murdered and bashed to death and all this sort of thing. I mean, the bodies are, are such and it's um, not a pleasant sight mm. and you've just got to handle them and deal with it. Yeah. But it must mm-hmm. be especially hard when you probably know
1: every second young man and not, I go, so you go, oh, I know him, I know his father, I know the mm-hmm. yeah, that must be really tough. Well, you did. I mean,
2: you yeah. you knew, I mean, I, I've been to the funerals of so many teenagers in Omaruth that I knew I so actually have attended the, an incident with them, you know, which is always, but as of, say, going home at night and mm. um, letting it mull over in your mind, now it's just switched off and gone, Yeah. you know. People used to say, I mean, how can you go back to the police station at times and all joke and just carry on and. Maybe have mince and toast for supper after you've just scraped somebody's body off the road, Well, mm. Have to be done, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Pretty sorry for the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, have you had any trouble, like, um, out of, now that you're no longer a police officer and that, any people remember something from the past and come up and want to have words to you or most people pretty good?
2: Oh, most people pretty good. Yeah. I mean, all the, the sort of troublemakers, and, yeah. and we're we'll talking even some hardened criminals, a yeah. lot of them are still in Omeroo. I mean, they're older than I am now. And, I mean, if we see each other, they're still say day, right. And we chat past old times, you yep. know, the, there's no sort of... Oh, that's good. But that's only... The, I mean, the, there's other ones, of course, that you don't want to know anything about. And, yeah. yeah. There's You're quite right. a few of them that I don't see too much of. <laughs> and there's,
0: you know, you you seem to have quite a com- few conversations and catch-ups with some young people that you've been working with. At the ATC event, you have had, you know, someone that you'd had in, ATC was going to be coming and visiting you the
2: next day mm-hmm. from
0: wherever they'd come from. So does that happen quite
2: frequently? It does, yes. Um, I mean, the people are scattered all around the country. Mm. And uh, so, that you, yes, you do you do meet up with them. They do get in touch. and uh, I mean, people move on, and then it's later on they're like, oh, I must go and get in touch with somebody.
0: And, and you know, I think quite a few of them because you've had influence in their lives.
2: Well, they like to think so. I mean, I'm not sure that one that she did.
0: <laughs> oh, well, um, I, th- I think you know? we know. I think we know you um, did. Um, it's
1: just your consistency yeah. and your character. I think, like, and some people don't have role models. So, if there's a a man there that's you know tells them the truth and is fair and honest, but lets them know they're out mm-hmm. of line. That's we need boundaries as young young men, young women, And I think you provided a lot of that. You've actually done a heck of a lot for North Otago, and you probably never admit it. But um, North appreciates what you've done and how you've just served the community. You've just you've given of your oh. time. You've given too much of your time, I would say. Um, but we're very grateful because who would have done it? Some of those mm. kids, where would they have ended up if
2: you hadn't brought them in and said, "Oi, you know." Oh, I'd like to think that most of them would still have done all right, <laughs> you know, in the long term. Yeah, yes, and, um,
0: and, and hearing at that mm-hmm. ATC event, you know, the, the the young ones talking about the values that you instilled
2: in them actually helped them do all right. So. Oh. And they're still, I mean, the, today's young ones are just as good. Yeah. They're, um, and I'm more than happy. I mean, how things are dealt with now are somewhat different. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're even, it's always interesting in thinking about back in history a little bit. Um, on two occasions this happened where um, there was a local Golf club was having huge issues with burglaries, and the um, and I was just happened to be working in the town that was taking place in, and eventually they installed alarms, not in the, the golf club, but they rang in people's houses roundabout. It was a long drive into this golf club, and on two occasions I was called that the offenders had been caught, and then driven out, and here they were, lying on their backs on the ground. The farmers all around them <laughs> with the rifles. <laughs> <laughs> You've Our never dad. seen never seen offenders so pleased to see the <laughs> things all their lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But just
0: is, one you, other you'd, occasion, you'd, you'd have to work, work, mention, it was it was
2: some it. young fellas pinched petrol to the farmers' mm-hmm. place, and he caught. Well, they, they took off, and the boot of the car was still up, so blasted off with the shotgun. Probably shouldn't have <laughs> peppered them. Well, the, 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 pe- the farmer. Picked off the shotgun at yeah. the boot. Yeah, with the boot was up.
0: So oh, yeah, uh, now I mean nowadays the police would turn up and those oh, figure out
2: which, which ones do they arrest. <laughs> I turned up and well um, picked them up up the street later on. Mm. And in those days, um, I was relieving at a, this particular place, and you weren't. You didn't have a police car; you had your own private car. And there was four of them, I think, in this car. It might have been five. So I told them, "You're all under arrest for flogging petrol." And I can't take you to the police station, so just drive to the city centre, and I won't say where it was. Drive into the police station yard, press the buzzer, and say you're under arrest. You've all been arrested, and that uh, Derek Braveridge will be in to sort the matter out later. And they did. <laughs> <laughs> so There we are. Oh well,
0: they're not totally law-abiding, but quite quite law-abiding, yeah. you know. Yeah, so very good. You obviously knew
1: every one of them, and they knew who you were. Oh, I knew
2: who
0: they were. Yeah,
1: so they couldn't escape you. No.
2: And that's one of the benefits of being in a small town, that uh, you do know people if you know their cars. And even today, I mean, I still speak to lots of them up the street.
0: So there's some some reference to broomsticks um, at the ATC gathering. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that (laughs) in the context of uh, political correctness,
2: I suppose? Well, yes. um, Some years years ago, the the air cadets used to um, undertake firing parties and what have you for Anzac Day. And um, I got into trouble over this, of course. So one year, um, it was all decided that it was not politically correct for young people to be running around with. Well, they weren't running around. Trained young people using firearms in controlled situations. So they took them away. And uh, we then prayed after that using broomsticks. And um, just as a publicity stunt, which I haven't really been forgiven for since. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so well, that, that got some publicity, didn't it? And mm-hmm. I think that, we, that reached the higher levels. It yeah. did. Yeah. And now and they have- they're allowed the rifles.
2: Back. Oh, well, we've, we've got right, we're not allowed to do firing parties. No. But, um, we do cenotaph um, guards for yes. Anzac days. And, and that's yeah.
0: always appreciated, that young people are there. And mm-hmm. you know, I always notice that, um, you know, they've just very well um, drilled in what they're doing. Um, and also the other constant is you going around them all, checking that they're all okay, that um, you know, no one's going to be fainting or anything like that because they, it, it does happen. And,
2: oh, um, very much so.
0: Well, we saw it happen at the um, the Queen's celebrations the other weekend. So yeah, mm-hmm. but, yeah.
1: That wouldn't have been about 92, 93. And did you do something at Boys High at the time, Stand there with broomsticks?
2: Uh no, we didn't do with broomsticks. Some, we used to oh. do firing parties there yeah. as well, way back in history.
1: Yeah. I just thought I had a memory there of saying mm. one year there was firing party and then
0: next year there was broomsticks. Oh. No, um, might, might, have be been, might have been flags.
2: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um yeah.
0: So um yeah, yeah, what 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 are the other special memories that you have from working with youth in those different organizations?
2: Oh, Definitely with them um, being invited at times to their 21sts, their engagement parties, <laughs> and even been best man for some of them right. at, um, you know, at their weddings. And uh, so that really is, uh, and it's just to see people grow up and uh, realise that um, society is there for them and not to be against them mm-hmm. and uh, just see that things go in the right direction. Yeah. That's, that's the, the greatest memories, and I, and I love it, and I still do.
0: And not often. Uh, well, I often go along the Chin Street and so on, and you'll be out in front of the drill hall, you know, your vehicle's there or you're out putting gear in it or got, um, you're have got you loading up a, a trailer with stuff ready to head off for the weekend on camp. Mm-hmm. So you, you enjoy going away with young people, teaching them those camping
2: skills and so on? Oh, very much so. I mean, I'm getting older now and I just find it out. Just can't quite keep up with them or on trapping trips. <laughs> but no, it's, it's great. It's great to see how they come out of their shells, to actually have the courage and um, to gain the confidence to actually do things that they thought they would never have done and uh, encourage them to. You can't force people to do things, but you can actually encourage them in many ways to actually say, well, you can actually do it. Yeah, Come on, I'll come give you a hand, <laughs> you know.
1: I reckon you could start a business in North Otago now. Yeah, I imagine you must get a lot of parents ring you up or say, hey, I'm having trouble with my teenager, can you help? Or can you, you give me advice? Do you get a bit of that? You could start a business, Derek, where <laughs> uh, from naughty teen to saint in one week or something and just take them on a, a wee outdoor course and a little, yeah, you could make a lot of money.
2: No, Turn I'm too, too busy to do that. <laughs> no. I, I do get a few phone calls at home, I must admit. Yeah. But it's, um, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: speaking of home, you, know, you, you touched on family before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a reality that for you to do what you've done over the years, both with the police and with these other community roles and the volunteerism that you have, um, your, your family gives up um, a lot of time that they would otherwise have with you. And they've, they've been pretty gracious about that. But, yeah, um, tell, tell us a wee bit about that, you know, what, what Jenny and the kids have had to put up with over the years.
2: Well, certainly, I mean, I've had – I, I couldn't – the things I've done um, and the, the groups that I've been involved with, but, and there's heaps of them, actually, is um, I couldn't have done without the support of Jenny and my own children. Um, the fact that they're not involved in any of the organisations that I've been involved in really has uh, got nothing to do with it. They're, they're involved in a host of other things, which is absolutely fine. you know. And uh, I think uh, with young people generally, um, with the parental support – um, getting involved in something—it doesn't matter what it is, but involved—and that, that's really it builds the character into them. And my, my wife supports me to this day. Probably not always hundred percent, but <laughs> ninety
0: eight. <laughs> well, um, well, you did agree to stay in Omaro, so there was <laughs> yeah. that was that was yeah. good.
2: And my grandchildren—I've got four grandchildren in Omaro, and that's brilliant. Yeah.
0: Um, that must be really good. Oh, yeah. tremendous,
2: yeah. tremendous. Mm-hmm. Can't realise just how quickly they're growing up. Yep. Um, and they're they great to work with. I mean, I go and watch them playing sport. And doing the that playing sort of footy? All right. Oh. Uh, well, uh, the girls are playing netball. Oh, there we go. That's a <laughs> good start. Yeah. And the, um, the two boys are playing um, ripper rugby. Yeah, And they go along to hockey things at the moment. And, um, yeah. and they do play. They we're playing indoor. Indoor football? Indoor football, yeah, oh, yeah. Mm. Futsal, yeah, futsal,
0: futsal. Yeah. I just couldn't think of the name there, yeah. Mm. Uh, that's good, mm. yeah. No, they'll be learning all the different skills for those sports, yeah. And that's in,
1: in North are uh, good. We have you know, from athletics to sports clubs, we have a really good um cross section which you can be part of. And like you say, just get involved in something, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's rugby, rugby hockey, football, netball, oh. or one of the music a- ACT, uh, TC. ATT. Mm-hmm. ATC, Scouts, whatever it is, you know. And the pipe dropped. band, the and number the pipe one band. pipe band. All right. All
2: right. <laughs> so I, I love them. Mm. But no, I mean, young people are encouraged to get involved in things. They don't have to be the best, but they should aim to be the best in it, um, and work at it accordingly. Yeah. Just the same as Damien's when you played football years ago. <laughs> Uh, we well, still try every uh,
0: <laughs> every Masters game. Yeah, I still put
1: on the shirt for the Masters. Mm-hmm. They just um, they shrink in the wash,
0: those shirts over shr- time. Your yeah. one shrunk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, but anyway, back to you, Derek. Yep. <laughs> hey, look, thank you very much for, for taking the time to come and talk with us, um, to share some of those stories and the, the experiences that you've had. Uh, you, you, you're you very humble about it, but you, you have made a Major difference to a lot of young people's lives, and you know, and the ones who have, who have acknowledged the, the impact you've had and that you've made them the people they are. So, yeah, we thank you for that. Um, it's, it's just been great. And uh, you know, at some stage, you'll be allowed to retire from some of these things. But uh, thank you very much for, for all that you do. Thank you, Tim, for your time this morning. Been,
1: I, know. I just want to say, yeah, you wouldn't call yourself a legend, and you probably, you know, hate that title. But um, there's many people in North Tago who just um would say you've been a legend for what you've done, and um, we're Gary and I are looking for people who've just um they just put North Tago on the map, and you came here and for thirty six years you served as a police officer, and then you still continue to um to give and serve and be involved in organisations. So we want to thank you for that. You've made North Tago a better place, not just through your policing, but just through everything else you've done, and um yeah, we just. Yeah, we just hope that some of those young ones that you have trained will go on and do what you've done and take get involved and lead organisations or join the police force or the fire brigade and, and give mm-hmm. back to the community. And that's what it's about. A good community is when everyone gets involved and does their part. So
2: you've definitely done yours over the years. Hundred percent agree with everything you've said there on the on getting involved. Yeah. Not necessarily but me, but getting, getting involved. involved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Derek. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Oh, Gary, that was
0: good. That was another set of good tales. Yeah. yeah and um, really, really good to hear from Derek. And, you know, I, I just can't, um, you know, overstate just how much influence he's had, you know, hearing from the young people that uh, you know, have, have been influenced influenced by him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's people like that that actually do make society a better one.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you can't put a price on it. Like, if you look at what the volunteer hours – that Derek has given over the last so how many years, you just can't put a price on it. And the amount of out of the extra things he's done, and, and, you know, the young people he's had a word to, or whatever he's done, he's done 100%. And and that's what I think. I think that's fantastic. That needs to happen. Um, people make this community great, and people like Derek make this community great. So Yeah, if I could good. just
0: give one example of that. Yeah. I mean, ATC measure the hours that the officers put in and so yeah. on, and um, the average is, I think, uh, something like 170 hours a, a, a year. Yeah. Each one puts in. They they'd done a total a total of um, directs for for six months, and it was getting close to five hundred hours already. So, yeah, know, it's just it's it's a, a real sacrifice to do that. But um, yeah, he did it. And that's just one thing he's involved with. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, nice. so anyway, we we'll look forward to. Our uh, um, next one next week. We um, haven't decided who that is yet, have we? <laughs> so no, we'll get
1: that sorted. Yeah, we well, no, we'll get that sorted. But today was been good talking to Derek, and um, yeah, we look forward to many great interviews to come.
0: So thanks very much, everyone, for listening.